Libby, what's the last thing that you planned for? I went to Siesta Key with my family, and I met them there. So I got a flight, and then I had to figure out how I was going to get from the airport to where they were staying. Logistics. Logistics. So that was the last thing I planned. What about you? The last thing I planned for is something I'm currently planning for, I think, is um, my triathlon in August. So the planning that goes into that is figuring out when I'm going to swim, bike, and run to train for it. Welcome to Benefits. What, like it's hard? We're here to break down the truths and misconceptions about all things benefits and share stories from people like you. We're inviting you to talk to us about the last time you were at the pharmacy or the first time you used your health plan and were confused on how to pay your bill. So to have a better understanding of how your benefits work, we challenge you to go find the information your employer gave you and join us on our journey to navigating the maze we call benefits. So today we're here and we're talking about family planning and we'll be interviewing two different people who are in different stages of the family planning. It's just very intriguing to us with how it goes into using benefits, choosing plans um, during this process uh, because it's not something that we've experienced before. So we're here with Kristen today and we're going to hear about her experiences with family planning. So hi Kristen. Hi. Do you want to tell us about yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Kristen and I work at Haran. And I have two-year-old twin boys, and we are um, expecting our third. And the twin boys are so cute, so the third one is going to be just as cute. (laughs) (laughs) What are their names? Gavin and Eli. And then this third baby will not have a name because we have to come up with our third boy name. Yeah. Do you know it's a boy? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Exciting. boys. I'm outnumbered. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, as Libby said, we want to talk about family planning, but we really just want to hear your experience and your story. So, I don't know if you have um, something you want to share from your first pregnancy or something from this one, but I'll leave that up to you. Sure. So, I'll I'll share a story from my first pregnancy. And, you know, here I I am living and breathing insurance for a living, but when it's yourself, especially because I had never met a deductible before, I was a relatively low utilizer of benefits, so it was a whole new ballgame. And we, of course, have a high deductible health plan. So in one of my early appointments uh, with my twins, our provider asked for my full deductible up front. Well, I didn't really think through, so I paid it. I didn't really think through that I, with twins, would have other types of visits that were not at my OBGYN practice. So here I paid the full $3,000 up front, and then later had all these bills that I had to pay for different providers and so then I had to go through the hoops with my OBGYN group to get the overpayment because I ended up overpaying them. So that was a learning and oh my gosh for me. And so this time, they give, they give you the option, pay up front, the full deductible. And of course, I used my health savings account for that, so I had the money there. Um, this time, I decided just in case something else popped up that you can pay an installment. So I just paid a, you know, the first installment just in case something else popped up. Oh my gosh. So when you're telling that story, I just had flashbacks to all of these claims I've helped people with over the years of like de- full deductible reports and yeah. like highlighting numbers and saying, okay, you owe this much or you get this much back. 
Um, did you have to go into that detail and figure it out, or did you just talk with them? Yeah, I was I was able to talk with them because fortunately I know what I'm doing. And a lot of times, if you have that much money in your health savings account, and I did because I've been at Haran um, at that time uh, almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I, again, I wasn't a very high utilizer of benefits, so I had always put some money away into my health savings account, so I had plenty of money. And if I wasn't a savvy user of my benefits, maybe I would have paid the overpayment and not really approached my provider for my money back because uh, you know I've learned being in this business that provider groups are not always the quickest to give you that mm-hmm. money back so yeah it was gonna, really easy to do but you know had I not known then maybe I wouldn't have really, right. really realized that I overpaid I was gonna ask if you had trouble getting a reimbursement I did not no they just, they just paid you back yep they paid me back uh, I think I did have to call though did you have other explanation of benefit? Like, did you have to show them something, or how did they know? I think they realized that with their claims, other claims trickled in in between. So, you know, I, I had to have a lot of ultrasounds um, because my twins shared a placenta, and um, one time they saw something that looked off, um, and it ended up being fine, but they referred me somewhere else to get a special ultrasound. So, obviously, I had already paid my full $3,000 to my OBGYN group and then obviously that claim doesn't hit until you have the baby and or in my case babies mm-hmm. so the you know the special ultrasound that I got was the claim was actually before my labor and delivery which is why I had to get the refund so for your this pregnancy that you're in are you going to be billed at the end or do you get billed by visit so they, they so they still gave me the option of paying my full deductible up front so I, we're doing December which is not the best timing right, so because <laughs> then we'll meet our deductible and then our deductible re- will reset again in January um, and we better not go into be that late and go into January but they gave me the option to pay the full three thousand dollar deductible up front or pay in installments. I think, you know, it's like four installments. So I decided to do the installments just because of what I learned last time. Right. Even though I'm less likely with, you know, with the one baby to not have to have those extra visits. So are the installments based on different bills or is it the same amount each time? It's the same amount each time and they're literally taking my $3,000 deductible and dividing it by, I forget the number of installments, but let's say it's four. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with all of this, how is your experience different than other people who don't work in the industry when you're dealing with bills that you're getting or decisions that you have to make of, do I pay now, do I pay later? Yeah. And the sh- stress, I don't know if it's stressful to be pregnant, or like excitement or the emotions that go into being pregnant, Like, does that play a toll on anything too? So I will say, again, being a low utilizer of benefits you know, when I'm not pregnant, um, like really low, maybe one sick visit a year, maybe a prescription here and there, but not a regular prescription. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we live and breathe this for our clients, but it's not, it's not something you want to deal with yeah. on your own. It is more work than you anticipate or want, especially because a lot of these bills pop up when you are at home with your newborn. And in my case, it was two newborns. So I will say that what I have learned from my experience obviously doing this for a living is if I get a bill to make sure I go online to myanthem.com to check to make sure that that matches my explanation of benefits because I didn't do a good job of keeping a running tally 
you know, I don't balance a checkbook or yeah. anything like that. So keeping a running tally of what I paid out. So just really comparing what the explanation of benefits, the bills, and then taking a look at my HSA to see what I've paid out of that. Yeah, that makes sense. I was um, up visiting my brother and his wife, and they just had a baby, and I was solely there to help them with the baby. And I, after like four hours alone, the cutest kid in the world, in my opinion, <laughs> I was like, I'm so tired. Take the baby away. So, like, just how I felt in, like, a few-day period, I'm like, how do you deal with insurance on top of that? <laughs> like, what you have to pay and everything. So. Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't fun, and it was, like, to be honest, um, I probably, you know, received a couple bills before I took action on it, you know. Right. <laughs> then you get the scary wording that says, I, I mean, not that it got to, like, final notice or, you know, maybe it would say second notice, yeah. but don't take care of this. <laughs> But you get a you get a really good perspective on what our clients deal with or the employees that our clients deal with and and then you imagine you know how much harder it is for them because they don't right a lot of times they don't know what a deductible is or right whatever or you at least know like not saying are the employees that our clients don't know this but like you know you can download an app like you don't have right. to wait till you get home and like, exactly you know what the tools and resources are mm-hmm. because you talk them every day yeah yeah okay so when you were planning for the twins and now when you're planning for the new one how are you deciding who's gonna go on which plan and which plan is best for you also so I will say what's been challenging is determining whether or not our plan at Hurrian is better for uh, all of us, some of us, or if my husband's plan is. And what makes it challenging is that our open enrollment or our renewal date is July 1st, and my husband's is, of course, January 1st. And you hear about how challenging that is all the time, but it really is challenging, um, especially when you have a husband um, that doesn't know anything about insurance, and you have to rely on, on him to tell, you know, if it's not his open enrollment and you want to see if he can make a change outside because it's mine, you have to rely on him to actually have, make that phone call and have those conversations because you worry that you're maybe going to be double paying for insurance. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I think, I think I added him to our dental plan and he had to drop his. And it pro- we probably were double paying for a couple months because he just didn't act on it. So, um, and I, I don't think I'm the only person that deals with those types of things. No. Um, so that's one challenge. And then um, we both have a spousal incentive. So Haran, I don't know if it's a true spousal surcharge, but the way contributions are is that Haran contributes more towards the employee only and the employee children tiers than employee, spouse, and family. And then same thing with his employer. So if I have access to coverage through my own employer and I want to be on his employer's plan, then they're going to charge an extra rate. And so you'd have to navigate those surcharges plus your deductible exposure both places when you have a family. So that's been challenging as well. Uh, what, we, what we ultimately decided is to carry the kids on my insurance because, again, I'm meeting a deductible with labor and delivery and that he just carries himself on his employer's. But I don't know what we're going to do for this year. I don't know if it'll look different. So we'll see how it goes. So you didn't want to just make it fun and put one kid on yours? And put on <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we probably could. I don't know. It, that, that part's probably harder than navigating your bills when you have babies. That part's Like the hard. actual planning part and yeah. figuring that out. 
and I'm not even confident, you know, like it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even a hundred percent confident that I've done what's best for our family. Well, yeah, people talk about how a lot of planning doesn't go into making decisions for your benefits because whether it's a pregnancy or you're just a high utilizer of your plan, um, of a plan, trying to figure out which one to go on is Mm -hmm. important and it's a lot of work and I think it's like making a budget. Like people don't want to do it, but it's really important. Even when you're not having babies and, um, you know, your kids are relatively healthy. I had one that had to get tubes last year and you don't realize how expensive that is. It's just a quick inpatient or outpatient surgery. And it's, I mean, we met his deductible just with tubes. So tubes for his ears. It's very expensive. Wow. Yeah. With the twins and with this one, I guess, did you take the full 12 weeks? I I did take the full 12 weeks. And I will say that with twins, it's probably not enough time, but I guess it really just depends on how your babies are and some people's babies sleep through the night very fast. Some people take a little bit longer. Did yours? They took a little bit longer. Okay. And I came back to work in our busy season. So on one hand, it was really challenging because I was working more hours than normal. But on the other hand, it was probably easier because my days went faster in in terms of being away from the kids. That's good. Yeah. It seems like you should get double the amount of time for double the amount of kids. <laughs> Why aren't we running the world? <laughs> so you got paid um, for short-term disability also mm-hmm. um, during that time. Yep. So short-term disability overlaps with FMLA or the Family Medical Leave Act. And were you paid, I don't know what type of delivery you had. Yes, so I had a vaginal delivery. So I got the 60, I think... We're 67% of our pre-disability earnings. Obviously, I need to brush up on that before this uh, maternity leave. And then I don't remember the maximum duration, but it was not the full 12 weeks. Right. So you get, obviously, a percentage of your salary while you're on short-term disability. And then the remainder of that 12 weeks, you go without pay. So right. that's definitely a planning component for sure, just to make sure that, you know, you can kind of afford the lifestyle that you need to live while you're off of work. Right. Under your short-term disability policy, if your employer provides that or if you purchase one voluntarily, giving birth is considered a disability under that policy, and so you would get a claim paid out. And why I'm bringing this up is because some short-term disability policies allow you to be out for up to 12 weeks or up to 24 weeks, whatever it is, but you only get paid out the claim based on the amount of time you're actually disabled and that definition comes from your provider or from your doctor. Yeah, so your doctor will say how long that you need to be off of work and you know that documentation is typically good enough for your short-term disability policy to pay out. Yeah, so for example if your doctor says you're disabled for six weeks that's how long you're going to get the benefit for for six Mm -hmm. weeks. Under FMLA you can be out for 12 weeks and have your job protected. So that's what Kristen's referring to as she was out for 12 weeks but didn't get paid for the full amount right. of time. Right. So just something else to keep in consideration when you're planning for a family and what your income is going to look like after you give birth. And there's certainly many people who go back, you know, shorter than the 12-week period. I know people who go back six weeks or eight weeks. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend taking 12 weeks if you can. Yeah. 
Well, do you have any advice for families that are in the current stages of planning for evaluating health plans or paying bills or anything that you experienced during your pregnancies? Some good advice is definitely to take a look at what your plan covers, especially if you were like me and was a really low utilizer of benefits, so you didn't really have a lot of medical costs, just to really make sure you have an estimate of what it's going to cost to just deliver. I think that's good advice, and then obviously understanding the cash flow piece of it um, and how you'll pay for that. I think that's probably the biggest piece because that's a, a surprise often if you don't know how much labor and delivery costs um, and depending on what type of plan you have. I think that's probably the, the biggest piece of advice I have. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, thank Thanks you. for having me. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Oh Baby Part 1. Join us next week when we hear from a special guest to get another parent perspective on family planning. See you next time. Nothing we say in this podcast is representative of any specific plan and should not be construed as legal, regulatory, or accounting advice. If there is any discrepancy between what we say in your plan document, your plan document will always prevail.